As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shakers Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscal, and I'm down to dunk. This is J-Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleicher, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, uh, very rarely on a Tuesday, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Oh, what's up, man? This game was insane last night. There's there's more than one reason why we're recording today, but I feel like it's uh, fitting that we record today instead of tomorrow anyways, because... That game was unbelievably fun. I, it, the game lived up to the hype. Chet versus Wimby in OKC. I tried to tamper my own expectations for the game just because you just don't know. Like, are these guys going to be really good out the gate? Is somebody going to struggle? Is like Chet going to go, I don't know, three of nine and like just have like an okay game? Like, who knows? Uh, but no. <laughs> They were both so good <clears throat> in that first half. Uh, it was one of the most fun basketball games I've been to in a long time. Oh, you were there. I, didn't I was that. there. I was oh, there. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so you got to see the new uh, the new jumbo tr- screen. It's huge. The jumbotron is massive, and you can see up underneath it too. So when What's like the coach there? is looking for the replay, it's like the, a screen up underneath. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's very, oh, very cool. Nice. It's just gigantic compared to the last one and they yeah. even t- uh, they even took the panels from i put this on twitter but they put they took the panels off of the old one and repurposed them you know how they have like the panels on either side yeah. um that sit up there those are from the old jumbotron oh, that's very nice and they, and it's and just, they look is it they look tiny <laughs> in is it just playing the game or are they just showing stats that's just the stats okay. up there on the sides so I mean, it, it's cool. It looks great. They have new seats too, which uh, a result of the new seats is that my, they don't have those seats right behind the scores table anymore for media. They, oh. uh, 
so it's pretty big bummer. Um, Where are you now? Up in 104. Okay. So, I mean, there's still ridiculous seats, but yeah, um, they're not right on the court anymore. But you know, it's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But that that game was so much fun. I just the the environment, uh, the play of those two was just unbelievable. Yeah, it's one of those games that uh, makes you feel uh, dumb for getting excited about summer league because now, like, you see a game like that, you're like, man, this this is this still isn't real. It's still not yeah, real. Still We're not still not real. to the regular yeah. season, but this is so much more real than yeah. summer league. Like, yeah. I feel so much more confident getting excited about both mm-hmm. players, mm-hmm. Um, and seeing like it's just so funny to think back to summer league when you know Wemby has that you know kind of rough first game. Yeah. And people are, you know, making their statements oh. about, oh, Gosh. yeah, it, it, it might not happen right out of the gate. You know, he might not be that good. It might take him some time. And meanwhile, he's like not playing with the best players on the Spurs. And then you see him in a setting like last night. And it's just like, there was, there were so many, I mean, both players were incredible. Chet was incredible in a way that actually made sense to, to me. Like yeah. the things he was doing, I would say, you know, my favorite thing about Chet is that you got to see in real time him filling all of these gaps that the Thunder have been missing these last yep. couple of years. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, like Wemby was doing stuff that was just absurd. The the play, I mean, there were so many, but the play where he caused a, a turnover on Cason Wallace. Yeah. And then he got the run out for the dunk. Yeah. The amount of space he covered with his lunge from the three-point line back into like the paint, essentially, to cause that steal. Like the, the, uh, people posted a screenshot of that on Twitter. Yeah, I saw. That and just the <laughs> it, it doesn't look real. It's he he was so impressive. And honestly, watching them last night. Now this is an overreaction, but watching the Spurs last <laughs> night, I was like, are the Spurs going to be okay? Like. <laughs> Like Doug McDermott looked really good. Chetty Osmond looked really good. They just like shot they the ball did. so well. They they did, and they actually shot the ball really well. Not just from three, but I was looking at uh, cleaning the glass, and they were like incredible from the mid range. Like I think they shot fifty two percent from mid range, whereas last year they shot forty yeah. percent. And so on the one hand, the Thunder were their, their defense was not good, but they were you know kind of luring them in into a lot of mid range shots. It just happened that. They were hitting a ton of them, but man, if I was yeah. a Spurs fan, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be terrible. Like, <laughs> Wemby was so impactful, not just like highlights. Like he was so impactful in that game. It did kind of make me wonder how how good could they be if they wanted to be, if they wanted yeah. to be good. I still think they're like a few pieces away from being that good. Um, but like, could they win thirty two games? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I mean, they're still probably. I mean, they're still going to miss the play in. But like, yeah, they could. They could not. They could be in the 30s and not the 20s. I think yeah. that's that's totally on the table for them. Uh, yeah. the The way that I phrased it yesterday was, I think Chet outplayed Wimby, but Wimby's just the everything he does overshadowed Chet. Uh, because it's just stuff we've never seen before. Just the the way that he does things at his size with the agility and length, like the combination, 
I've never seen it before, you know? I mean, like, yeah. the closest, honestly, like, the closest thing was, like, Bull Bull when he had, like, the really fun run <laughs> yeah. last year. But yeah. there was, like, a lot of that just felt like, yeah, this is not going to continue. Like, this is not sustainable. I I don't know, man. Wimby is just something else. Whereas, like, with Chet, like, we've seen guys like him before. Like, like he's not unlike Anthony Davis, like a modern version of, like, what Anthony Davis is, like, as a defender and offensive player you know like we've seen players like that before we just have never seen a guy do it in the seven foot five body with the length that he has um, yeah but but i i love the role he played i mean the shots he was taking really the plays he were he was making were so efficient yeah like the the attempts he was taking and and the thing that wasn't there that was in summer league. And if there was a criticism of Chet in summer league, it was like his handle can be really loose. His handle's not great right now. Mm -hmm. He's trying to do a lot of moves and he's getting the ball stolen a lot. You didn't see any of that last night. No. Like the, the one play where it was uh, towards the end of the first quarter, I think, and he brought the ball up the court. He got a screen from Dort and just like immediately went to the basket and finished over uh, Zach Collins. Mm Mm-hmm. You could have seen that play in summer league being something where he took it a little bit more slowly. He tried to like size up, you know, another big player. He tries to back them down. Then he gets stolen because the guy's like running behind him. You saw none of that. Like everything, every role he had throughout that game was like exactly what they needed. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that that aspect of Chet won't eventually come. Like like Chet as a primary creator. Yeah, you know, as his handle does develop. But the version of Chet we saw last night was like he's going to be a hyper efficient monster. If yeah. the, if those if that is the type of game he's going to be playing. Yeah. I mean, he's finishing around the rim. He's taking open yeah. threes. He did have like the spin move. He did the same spin move twice to the rim and he got fouled both times. But he's like protecting the ball while he's doing it, which is I think I think he really learned a lot at Summer League about his handle and about what he can and can't do. And like we haven't even seen him play with Shea yet. Yeah, yeah. And he's got like all this space to create because he does have Giddy and J-Dub out there with him. And just like the combination of those four on the court, which is really cool because a lot of times it, it hasn't always been the case that it makes a ton of sense to have like the like the four dominant players on the Thunder all on the court at the same time. But like this version is really fun because they can fill so many different roles and those four are going to be so much fun to watch together with kind of Shea running the whole thing. And, and, a, and a pain to defend. I mean, oh my just last yeah. night, you know, they they're running a lot of like pick and roll, but like where, where Chet would do like these ghost screens. Um, and he was doing it with Giddy, with Kaysen Wallace, with J-Dub. Like mm-hmm. he's obviously going to be running those with Shea. There's so, this is one of the benefits of having all these ball handlers is you can initiate actions with anyone. And that's always been the case these last couple of years. But now you have this elite level screener, roller, or in this case, like pick and pop guy, like who can do so much. And he's such a threat. I mean, in years past, you know, we're talking about you know, JRE in that role or J will in that role or Olivier Saar in that role. And all mm-hmm. those guys have like different strengths and weaknesses in that role. But man, you pair up these guys like 
Chet and Giddy or Chet and Jada, Chet and Shay. Those pick and rolls are so much harder to defend. Yeah. It's terrible uh-huh. for the other team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can hit jumpers. He finishes his touch around the rim is really soft. I mean, he is everything this team needed. I mean, he truly is. And he's got an attitude about him that not a lot of the other guys have in that I I just think he's exactly what this team needed from like an attitude standpoint as far as just like he just wants to just kill guys. Like he just wants to go out and just, you know, if he feels challenged, like he's going to go after it. I mean, after he got hit by Chet or hit by Wimby and the headbutt thing that he commented about on Twitter. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, that's when things really, that's when he really turned things on was after that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of like, no, you're not going to do this to me. Um, it's, it is just amazing what he was last night to them. And I'm just so intrigued to see what it looks like full force. I'm really intrigued to uh, to see what like a a Chet Shea pick and roll looks like, because I I think it's going to be impossible to defend. And then like when you put J Dub out there with them, and then Giddy as like this super connector. There's just man, you could see it kind of coming together last night, and it's just preseason. It's just the very first preseason game, and we're probably overreacting to a degree, but it was so much fun to watch, and it was really cool to see like all the things we've imagined about Chet come to life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not just adding a blue-chip prospect. It's adding a blue-chip prospect who just happens to fit perfectly with the team, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you're seeing that synergy like from the jump. I mean... And, and, and of course, this was without Shea. But it, it was just incredible to watch. It was almost overwhelming to watch because I think back to like two years ago. I mean, I mean we, we talked about that spring when it was like super rough. You know, we're watching like Teo and Poku. And it was at, the, at a point where you really could just like pick one guy to watch for the entire game because you didn't really necessarily care about a lot of the other guys on the roster. Yeah. Whereas last night... It was, I, I meant I say the word overwhelming just because there's so many guys that I'm interested to see what they're doing mm-hmm. and trying to like track them all the whole game kind of felt overwhelming in a sense because there's this team is, I mean, we'll, we'll find out how actually deep they are, but in terms of prospects that we're interested in, they're so incredibly deep to the point yeah. where even the very last lineup they're playing, you know, at the very end of the game, there's still guys in that lineup that you like want to see how they can do. I mean, mm-hmm. Usman Jang, I, th- I think he played the most minutes last night. I think he played 26 minutes. Yep. Um, there's there's just guys from the number one guy to the, I guess, 17th or 18th guy yeah. that you're interested to see how they're doing. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Mark handles the rest of this preseason because it seemed like, okay, this game we're going to go, you know, full strength for the first half outside of Shea. And then we're going to start working in these other guys and see how it looks. I wonder how much more we're going to see of of you know the main four guys if they will continue playing if they'll go down to like a quarter because it does feel like for guys like whether it's Jack White or or Trey Mann you know they're only getting a handful of minutes 
yeah. last night. And mm-hmm. you you assume at some point they, they want to give them a little bit longer of a run. Yeah. Yeah. I think drawing conclusions about who will and won't stay. And I, I think we can already draw those conclusions, but I, I think trying to draw those conclusions about like who is going to play in the preseason, like that's, it's going to change like pretty significantly. Um, yeah. Cause I think there's going to be, there's probably going to be games where Giddy doesn't play because he needs to rest. Same for Dort, uh, same for Jada, same for Chet. You know, I think there's going to be games where those guys don't play in the preseason and a lot of it is they need to get a better look at some of these guys. So like, you need to give Trey more than 15 minutes. You need to give him 25 to 30 minutes, you know, to, to really show what he can do. And, you know, it's, it's really him and Jack white, like needs to play more than six minutes. You know, they threw him in at the end of the game. He had a couple blocks. That's great. Uh, same with JRE. I think, I think they're going to give those guys more of a shot um, as the preseason goes on. And, you know, a lot of it is just to kind of mix and match and see what they have and they have some decisions to make too um my guess is like those decisions are largely made today um but there may still be some things that they want to see as they yeah. go through these next few games um but yeah uh, let's let's keep talking about this game like what else what else stood out to you i was um, really shocked to hear about case and wallace starting whenever mark told us yeah yeah pre-game um your thoughts on he played 25 minutes. What are your, what are your thoughts on the way he played? Um, honestly, I, I didn't have a ton of thoughts on Casey Wallace. He didn't necessarily jump out to me um, one way or the other. I mean, I, it was great experience for him. You see some of the defensive flashes with him, certainly. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was blocked a, a jump shot in that game. He yeah. blocked a jump shot. Um, it, it's so tough because Again, if this is two years ago, he's running the show probably, and it, it's going to look much different than it looked last night. Like he, the, the yeah. role he is being asked to play right now is so much smaller than what he did at Kentucky. You know, like he he has a mm. much smaller role. However, we still did see those instances where, yeah, he he's doing like a, a pick and roll with Chet, so he's still able to do those things. But it doesn't seem like you know, they're necessarily thrusting him into a primary creator role, even Mm -hmm. when he's coming off the bench. Um, They're looking for something else from him. Um, But, you know, as he develops defensively, you know, if he can give you that defensive output and then you slowly bring along his offensive game, that's going to be really exciting. Um, The thing that stuck out to me was Josh Giddy, who I I think just had a solid game, Mm -hmm. but looking at that starting lineup and starting to realize most nights Giddy is going to have the fourth best defender on him in those starting lineups because teams are obviously going to be worried about SGA number one, but then Chet and J-Dub are are terrifying. Like you have to look out for them. And as a result, you get these matchups where you get Giddy against someone like Doug McDermott, who Giddy is very comfortable driving on him and backing him down and scoring on him. And I feel like he's going to have a ton of those opportunities during the season because of the strength of that starting lineup. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like he had some amazing game last night or anything, but you saw he does bring something unique to this team in that he kind of does have that floater range game 
that not all the guys have right now. And so he brings something a little bit different to the court offensively. Uh, we didn't see, you know, the the promise of the the free throws increasing last night. He didn't he didn't yeah. get any free throws, but it's not for lack of driving. Like he was driving. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, like you got Chet, I think had seven free throw attempts. J Dub had seven free throw attempts. Uh, Joe was <laughs> Isaiah Joe was playing the role of Shea, getting ten free throw attempts. <laughs> but they, they stop they, so fouling they had, him on the three point shots. I know. They had 34 free throw attempts last night, which last season would be tied for the eighth most of their 82 games. And that that gets me excited because obviously it's just a preseason game, but we've talked about how, you know, J-Dub is a guy who should be getting to the line like yeah. five times a night. Chet yeah. is someone who we think is going to be getting to the line five yep. plus times a night. And then we already know what we have with Shea. So if you see a jump from someone like Giddy um, or, or some of the other players as well, like this is a team who can all of a sudden become very efficient if they're getting a lot of their points from the line. And they're yeah. and for the most part, they're all really good free throw shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that I really noticed from from J Dub is that he wasn't like stopping and popping for the mid range. Like he was trying to get to the hoop almost every yeah. single time. And then he took some threes too. But I mean, he was putting so much pressure on the rim. And if like that's what they're doing, where it's you have that ability from really all five guys that start and obviously like Dort has a lot of work to do and with regards to like finishing and stuff like that but like he can still put pressure on the rim some if the ball just keeps swinging to guys that can continue to just drive into the teeth of the defense and create for somebody else I mean that's pretty it's really interesting it's going to be so interesting to see how that works and then if you have this giant rim running five that can also shoot threes they're in a few years they're going to be unstoppable like they're they're going to have an unstoppable offense if this core stays together and they're healthy and they continue to progress i just think like the the sky is the limit for these guys and just watching j-dub and like what he can ignite within this team where he had the the lob to chet a block on one end that created a dunk for himself. And then he had the tip dunk mm-hmm. after that. It was just like, oh my gosh. This guy, like, may- maybe J-Dub is, like, the second best player. I got a message from somebody this morning that was like, yeah, J-Dub's, like, easily, like, their second best prospect. But he might be the third best prospect. He might be the fourth best prospect <laughs> on the team, you know? I mean, it's... It, it's I don't know. You can go to some pretty crazy places after that game last night. Um, well, just and the difference, even though it, you know, at least in the starting lineup, it's just Chet. But the difference it feels like from last year, and last year was a difference from the year prior, is oh, that yeah. even though you have all these guys who can drive and kick, it finally feels like the shooting has caught up with this team. There's some shooting. Like yeah. there is shooting on this team. Whether it's Chet, Davis Bertans was in, <laughs> he was incredible. He, we just there aren't a lot of guys like that throughout Thunder history. I mean, like Isaiah Joe is definitely one of them, where he can just yeah. like come down and hit three threes in a row, and is willing to hit three threes in a row. Davis Bertans is like willing to take a shot at any moment, yeah, which is awesome to see. And his size prevents or causes a mismatch for the other team too, because if you're the other team, you're like, oh, we'll probably put our worst defender on Davis Bertans because it's just yeah. chase him around the line, but at the same time, he's super tall. So he's going to be able to shoot over top of most of those defenders. I mean, if he, if he gets some 
chance if he gets chances to play with those top four guys, like he's going to get wide open shots. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah. If he's playing with like Shea and J Dub and Chet. And the cool thing about Davis is that he's not just like some standstill guy. I mean, he's no, running off he's screens last night. And yeah. <laughs> he his confidence level is is sky high. Um Yeah, give me like a Shea, J Dub, Chet, Isaiah Joe, Davis Burton's lineup. Where you just hey. have these two guys running all around, and then you have like two probably elite drivers with J Dub and Shea, and then you have Chet just kind of doing everything else. Yeah. I mean, that's like all the space you need defensively. There'll be some questions on that one. After after the game, Davis was asked about uh Pop calling a timeout after his like first two threes went in. He said, Well, he's like, I'm usually he said, I just remember being on the other side of that timeout where guys are killing me when I'm defending them, you know, and, and, and Pop calls a timeout and pulls me out of the game. Um, he's funny. He's really funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I think he's going to play. I, I've been saying this all summer and I like part of me felt like, oh my gosh, is this even going to be true? But uh, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. Well, he offers you, I mean, there's so many guys on this team that we believe in their shot. Um, even if they aren't thought of as like great shooters. Mm -hmm. But he is a guy who you can feel super confident about the shooting. I mean, there's Uh guys like Aaron Wiggins who we like and we think is a good shooter and he shot the ball well last year. But like him as a shooter versus Bertans as a shooter is like different worlds. It is. I mean, what what Bertans brings to the floor is really only matched by someone like Isaiah Joe with the benefit of him being super tall in comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. No question. That was that was a really fun part of that game was seeing Davis just just get lit on fire to start the second half and I like bring this Thunder team back uh, almost on his own. I Isaiah Joe like it doesn't really show up in the stat sheet all that much, but you could see him attempting to expand his game a little bit, like as a ball mover mm-hmm. and a guy that is not just a shooter. I thought that was really interesting. It it clearly didn't show up in the statue. He had 14 points, uh, one turnover, zero assists, <laughs> you know, one one offensive yeah. rebound. Um, it didn't really show up in the box score, but I really liked his process throughout the game. You could see that, oh, yeah, he gets it. Like this is a this is a Thunder player that is clearly going to get some big minutes for this team this season. I think he and Bertans are gonna be like these weapons that Honestly, we've been begging for a shooting weapons like those guys since Russ and KD. I mean, for a, uh, over a decade, it's been like, man, can we just get some guys that can just flat out shoot the rock? Yeah. And they they found both those guys for like basically nothing. I know people have been kind of dogging Sam for, for taking on Bertans' contract, but I, I do think like you come away from that draft with like a 6'10 shooter, and Kaysen Wallace, and like you have to spend your money somehow, anyways. You know that's not a the worst outcome in the world. I mean, if if they had traded a pick and then signed Bertans to if if Bertans is a free agent, if they signed Bertans to a contract, you know, like do we do people really think that that's a bad thing? You know, and and they didn't even have to give up any picks. So I'm just like, yeah, 
I'm I'm just like a little curious why people keep hammering that point home. I think it's something that people hear and they're like, oh yeah, I think I agree with that, but don't really like, don't really think it through. Uh, yeah, especially when you've watched this team for the last two years and just you can feel how much they need shooters like that. I mean, we saw yeah. it with Mike Muscala. Yeah. What he brought to this team in limited minutes was incredible. Like having that sort of release valve for a player like SGA or Giddy or J-Dub is mm-hmm. incredible, especially when you're playing all those other guys together. Just having somewhere you can throw the ball to and they're probably going to be open because you're the defense is worried about all these other guys on the court. Yeah. Um, I was interested because now we're at the point where we really have four guys that are considered, you know, the core, you know, with yeah. Chet, Dub, the core four. and SGA. Um, Mark did play, especially like in the first co- in the first half when they were still, you know, playing all their guys. He did play a lineup that didn't have any of those guys in it, which was like Wiggins, Oos, Dort, Isaiah Joe, and Jay Will. And I, I was kind of interested once I saw that lineup, like I wonder how many quote unquote bench lineups, all bench lineups we're going to get to see this year. And, yeah. and what will be the goals of those bench lineups if he does play them? Mm-hmm. Like, like if he's like, I'm kind of interested to see if, are they going to give Kaysen some time where he is, can just kind of like run some offense for a little while with none of those other guys on the court just to see what he can do. Or was this just a chance, uh, a case of SGA not being there and they're probably going to have one of those four guys on the court, at least one of those four guys at every single moment during the game. Yeah. I mean, some of it will depend on like, what does Vava look like? You know, um, yeah, I've, it's overwhelming. This is overwhelming. I like completely I know. forgot about I know. Mitich. Yeah, I mean, there's there are literally two guys that I think are going to play big time rotation minutes that didn't play last night, and you kind of leave the game thinking, man, they got an awful lot of guards, but their best one didn't play, and then a guy that is that has a chance to be like a six man type of guy didn't even play. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like full squad. It's it'll be very intriguing to see, and this is this is part of why I really like the in season tournament for the Thunder specifically. Not that they're going to play like the same guys in every in season tournament game, but I think it like forces Mark to play lineups that he truly believes will help them win the basketball game, and not just like, hey, we need to get a look at these guys, you know, to see what we've got. Um, in those games, it'll be. It'll be different. It's kind of like that Lakers game, you know, when they when LeBron got right. the record. I really feel like Mark played like a real rotation in that game. They wanted to win that game. It was on national television. It was a big deal for the team. They played legit rotations that allowed them to win the game. And I'm just so curious to see where he where he lands with the guys off the bench because we know who's going to start. But then it's how many guys does he use off the bench and who is it? Because there's a lot of different players and a lot of combinations that you could be intrigued by. Yeah. One of the things that stuck out last night is that first half, you know, I think they give up 81 points to the Spurs. It really yeah. felt like the post All Star break. Mark was so miffed, by the way, about that. Was he really? Yeah, yeah. It really felt like the post All Star break, no Kenrich team. Yeah, where they had they had multiple halves like that once oh, Kenrich yeah. got hurt, and then you 80, see Kenrich come in in the lot. second half. Mm-hmm. And listen, I thought J Dub like 
like really tried against Wemby. That's a really tough matchup. Yeah. But then you see Kenrich go up against him. I thought Kenrich was incredible against Wemby. Kenrich is really good. Like he was so physical with him, mm-hmm. trying to front him as best as he could, like just making life miserable for him. And, you know, it'll be f- a fun subplot of just this entire season is like, who are going to be the types of defenders that bother Wemby? You know, like mm-hmm. what what will that player look like and what kind of things will they do? Um, you know, on first blush, I thought Kenrich did a really good job on Wemby. Yeah, he, he's somebody that, I think it's lost in the shuffle a lot because like, we're so excited about the core four guys and Usman Jang and Kaysen Wallace and Wiggins and all, I mean, there's just like so many guys, Mitzich, all these guys to be excited about. But Kendrick Williams is going to play a big role in this team <laughs> and he's going to help them win games. He's going to come off the bench. He's, you know, he didn't shoot the ball well at all. In fact, he missed all of his shots. But like finished with five rebounds and three assists and a steal and two blocks. He's a plus 14 in his 11 minutes without scoring at all. Like that's yeah. kind of like the perfect Kenrich game. You know, he's just going to affect winning and, and affect the energy on the court. And he did that in a big way. And I think he's, that's what he's going to bring. And he hadn't, and it's, it's something you forget about a little bit, but he hadn't played, you know, in a long time. Like he was, yeah. he, he, performed last night like he shot out of a cannon like just ready to get back into it um that was really encouraging i think he's a he's a piece that nationally is not being talked about certainly when you talk about the thunder but if the thunder are going to win a lot of games like kenrich is going to be a piece of that puzzle there's just no doubt about that and i uh i thought dort had a nice game um, yeah only played seven, 17 minutes but you know, the types of shots he was taking outside of like, I think his very first shot was like a mid range, but like everything else was like very good within the flow of the offense. The shots yeah. you want Dort taking corner threes. Um, I mean, they, they ran this, yeah. this, uh, out of bounds play from the baseline twice where Giddy, uh, has the option to throw to Dort in the corner. Dort like makes a late cut to the corner and Giddy finds, finds him with like this, like wrap around bounce pass. that looks impossible. But found him there twice. I think he made one of them. And you could tell that Dort was like trying to get those corner threes last night. Like those are the kind of threes that he was taking. And I think that's great. I think that that is his shot. Um, You didn't see pull up wing threes from him. You got to see him play more of the kind of role that I I think works for this team. And then like defensively, he's going to do what he does. But four six from the field, 14 points, two assists. I mean, I thought, yeah. I thought he played really well. And then, uh, you know, Oos, I think where he's at right now in his development, that was a very, like, solid game for yeah. Oos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't blow me away like he mm-hmm. did in some of those summer league games. But he also, and this is something I, I felt last year, which is you can get away with Oos developmental minutes because he's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, there there have been rookies in the past – um, I mean, you know, <laughs> we talked about when Poku first came in, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you want those developmental minutes, but at the same time, you know, he's going to kill you. Now, it didn't matter back then, but yeah. you you just knew that it was going to kill you. Whereas with Us, it feels like he can hold his own enough where you can play him decent amount of minutes and you're not going to really pay a price for it, even though he still has a lot of development to do. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I did notice, though, and I would need to go back and watch the game in more depth to see if this was consistent, but I, 
I do feel like when he's defending, he doesn't use his arms a ton, like to contest shots. He, he um, did that specifically with Wimby. <laughs> on and, the three. And is that, yeah, is that? I, I don't know if that's what they've told him to do because they don't want him to foul. Um, he just clearly wasn't that, wanting to foul Wimby on that shot. I mean, that was yeah. the, a clear motivator for him there. I don't. I don't think that it's consistent across the board, though, with with the way he defends. But I know exactly the shot you're talking about. But but um, there was another one where he like uh, he was defending Chetty Osman, and he like fought around his screen, and he was like right on his hip, but he like never raised his hands at yeah. any moment to try to like alter the shot, and he ended up fouling him anyways with his yeah. hip. Um, but yeah, just for for someone who you know grew an inch, you know he's six ten, six eleven now, mm-hmm. like he should be a a big deterrent because of his length yeah and and i don't feel like he always uses his length in that way yeah even though in general he he has been like a very solid defender overall yeah i i'm that's something to monitor for sure with him you you just also there were just times where you just didn't feel him in the game all that much yeah Um, yeah definitely which has definitely been a thing for for ooze but yeah, he he rebounded well. Uh, he made some good passes. He he looked fine. He looked like he still has a way to go, a ways to go though. Like you just definitely you, we watched me think, yeah, there's he's not gonna step in and like start right away, like be like a guy that's gonna like you know beat down the door to be a starter, you know, for this right. team. I think that he's going to take some time, and I th- and that's okay. Like that's that. To me, that's like to be expected with a guy like Us, who was very far away when they decided to draft him. And so I'm pretty. But if he can play a role like that off the bench where he comes in and can get some good experience, play defense, rebound, make passes, he's going to get open shots. If he if he gets a chance to play with Shea and Chet, I mean, he's just going to get open shots and he's got to knock him down. But. I think he's going to be a good enough shooter and I think he's going to be a good enough defender. Uh, to me, it's just about how engaged can you get him in the game uh, physically? Uh, I think that's going to be like kind of where his ceiling lies a little bit because he's, he's never going to be like a crazy physical player like Ken Rich or PJ Tucker or somebody like that. That's, n- that's just not going to happen, but can you get him to a level that is a little bit more physical than he is now? Um, yeah. And maybe that just, I mean, obviously some of that is mentality, but maybe some of that will be helped as he just adds on more strength, like as he adds on muscle and kind of his frame fills out. Some of those plays where it does kind of feel like he's being bullied down low, they'll they'll just kind of evaporate, even if he hasn't gotten super physical on his own. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention, you know, the other thing that jumped out was just like how fast that game was. Which isn't isn't really a surprise. I mean, I was looking it up. The Thunder were third in pace last year, and the Spurs were second. Um, so it makes sense that those two teams would take a ton of shots and have a super quick game. Um, but that those ninety eight shots that they took last night last season that would rank tied for fifteenth most um, last season. And you saw it on like every play. Like any time they got a rebound, they were running. And yeah. I think that is great because you can see not just in 
like real transition plays, but even in like pseudo transition, um, how helpful or how, how terrifying Chet is in those moments, whether it's as a trailer, like being a trail big and being able to shoot that three or trailing and then being able to attack the rim. Um, mm-hmm. He had a few plays like that as well. And so as much as they can get in transition or semi-transition, I think this team is going to be really good. And then we'll see what they look like in half court, which I, I think that'll probably improve over the course of the season. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun to watch them try to just like literally grab the ball from the official to get the ball passed <laughs> in. Um, yeah, because they just want to just keep going. Because like, yeah, the faster this team can play, and that's the benefit of having five guys on the court almost at all times that can move the ball and can make this quick decisions. Is that when you play fa- when you play fast like that? You have to have a lot of guys that can play that way. And sometimes the decision is shoot and not just pass. Um, and yeah, there, there was have very little, that do that. there was very little ball stopping last yeah. night, um, which, which, you know, is something we saw in summer league with Chet occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. like I was mentioning earlier, but, and, and we'll see some of that with Shea where it's deserved, you know, where, where Shea will hold the ball for for longer and then and then drive um but man like yes every single player on the court last night <clears throat> there were like very few record scratch moments yeah everyone was catching making a decision and going and, and executing that decision mm-hmm. um and as the i mean we'll see what happens with the rotation but as mark figures out his rotation i mean he, the guys with you know the best decision making, best basketball IQ, like that's all going to show up on the court, and we're gonna—they're going to have runs this season where they are just going to blitz teams. Yeah, it, it won't won't happen every night, but they have the recipe where they can blitz teams really easily if they if their defense is on point and they can get yeah. out in a transition, they're going to rack up points quick. Yeah, that that's going to be the thing. Like that's the catalyst is defensively, can they be where they need to be? which was part of the problem last night. Um, Jayna said after the game, he said, you know, for like the, for the first like 10 minutes or so, we were just kind of running around is, uh, <laughs> is what he said. And watching the game, it was like, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> that seems yeah. about what, what you guys were doing for the first 10 minutes of the game was just kind of running around. And then they, locked in toward the end of the second quarter and then third quarter they were really good but by then it was just like a completely different group but um like that initial group has to lock down a little bit more than they did and they have the personnel to do it like it's not a personnel issue it's just a to me a little bit of an engagement issue um but it's preseason you know they're you know excited to play against somebody that's not themselves and um it was very, very exciting to watch. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break before we go, or before we go to that break. A few things to address. Number one, we are 113 people subscribing to the Down to Dunk YouTube page away from the release of the How Oklahoma Are You video from Shea Gildas Alexander. So if you want to see that video, Get somebody to subscribe. Go grab, just go grab all your coworkers' phones and just hit subscribe on all their phones. You know, you just have to do what you got to do to make this happen. So we're we're getting very close to that. I have it ready. Again, I'm staring at it on my desktop right now. Um, 
if you want to watch that video, I will release it once we get to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, we are holding a watch party at Bar K in downtown OKC in, uh, on October 25th. That's the first Thunder game. So the first real Thunder game, the one where it actually matters toward the record, uh, the turnovers count, the points count, the percentages count in that game. And you want to be there to watch that game with us, the Down to Dunk crew. Uh, you can get your DTD VIP pass. That includes a t-shirt. And you get to be in the VIP room with us to watch the game. It's going to be a very, very fun game. Um, be sure to go get those tickets. You can find the link in our bio for that. If you buy the shirt, that gets you the ticket. So buy the shirt, that gets you the VIP pass. And you're, you'll be set on October 25th. And then down to dunk night is on November 14th against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, why would you not want to be there for Wimby versus Chet when it really matters, whenever we get to see them play the first and the second half. So be sure to get your tickets for that. There is limited spots for both the watch party and the uh, for down to dunk night. So yeah, if you want to be in that VIP section for the watch party, spots are very limited. So be sure to get your ticket for that today. Get your shirt. And uh, we will be right back after this quick break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back after that quick break. Al, is there anything else that you want to discuss from the game before we move on to the 2023-24 Kia season preview NBA survey on NBA.com? Uh, just in generally, how did how did you think the crowd was? I was watching on mute. The crowd was really good. The people that were there were really good. They were very engaged. They were loud. And there wasn't as many people as I thought there would be. <laughs> yeah. I You know, the lower bowl wasn't full. Um, very sparse in the upper bowl. Uh, a little disappointing, to be honest. Uh, but hopefully, you know, I mean, it's it's also, I was talking to a bunch of people before the game about it. And it's preseason. And like everybody's so pumped and jacked for OU football right now that yeah. they're not necessarily engaged with Thunder stuff yet. And so I think like, and, and also as a Monday night, you know, there's like a lot of different reasons I think why people wouldn't have been there Monday night. But still, I was a little disappointed because, I mean, it's Chet versus Wimby. You could get in for six bucks. Really? Yeah. That's a deal. Yeah. There's a deal. To see Chet versus Wimby in person, I mean, it was it was an experience. Just to see those guys play in person. I mean, it really does. I mean, Wimby. There was a, a Spurs fan there with an alien mask on. You know, I like saw he, that. He does look like an alien. You know, it's like it's like I can't believe this is real. Uh, but yeah, I was a little disappointed in the number of people. But the crowd itself was very loud, and I thought that the crowd itself was really good uh, for that game. Okay. So. Yeah. Thank you for your review. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, okay. So let's talk through uh, this GM survey. We can go through these categories one by one. Uh, if there's a Thunder player mentioned, we'll talk about it. If not, uh, we won't talk about it. <laughs> there's um, like 50 categories. Buckle up. Uh, who will win the MVP? Obviously, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Jason Tatum. Uh, Shay was somebody who was also mentioned. He was one of the others mentioned. Um, it's funny how, uh, and this is this is a trend with a lot of these. Mm-hmm. They show you who was uh, the pick last year. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it's, you know, it makes sense when fans are like very knee jerk, have very knee jerk reactions yeah. to what they just yeah. saw. But you see, it's also true with GMs. Like the next question, if you were starting a franchise today and could side any player in the NBA, who would it be? Yeah. Last year, 55% said Giannis, and this year it's down to 13%, and Jokic yeah. is at 33%. Like, what yeah. did Giannis do uh, to, to to warrant this? He's great. And, and, he, and also, all G- he also helped help the Bucs uh, push them to get Dame, basically. Yeah, it's just uh, these GMs. It looks like they're very fickle as well. Yeah. Yeah, don't 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 turn your noses uh up on us, GMs, because we're fickle. You're just as fickle. 
Uh, okay. Which player forces the opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? No Thunder player. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season? It's Ant Edwards, Kid Cunningham, Franz Wagner, Paolo, Tyrese Maxey, and then Chet was one that also <laughs> received votes. Chet, right before Kyrie Irving. What is that? <laughs> Someone voted for Kyrie Irving. Alperin Shengun as well. I don't even know what that, that would be. I don't know. He's like, like just breaks out of being an idiot all the time. Like, I don't know. Like, that would actually be a really big breakthrough for the Dallas Mavericks if he just decided, like, you know what? I get paid to play basketball. You know what I'm going to do this season? Just going to play basketball. That's what I'm going to do. I I, I think there's so many red flags with Dallas right now. Oh, my gosh. I I wanted to do a a little research thing. If they're really going to start two rookies, I wanted to go back and see how many teams have started two rookies and made the playoffs. Um. I'm sure that teams have done it. I'm sure it's, I'm sure happened, it's happened before. I'm sure it's happened before. But man, th- it's a weird wave. I mean, we we talked about Derek Lively a little bit um, during the pre-draft process. Yeah, and we were kind of talking about him as a backup big, mm-hmm. and like, you know, he he was a guy who at Duke it took him a little while. It took a couple months for him to kind of like get in the flow, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the season, he was like a really good prospect. The idea that Dallas is potentially just like starting him and counting on him to be that whatever guy they think he is day one, man, that is a really big jump. Maybe he can do it, but that is a huge jump and huge uh, risk it feels like they're taking. It's a really bad idea. <laughs> like just, I just think it's a bad idea. Why would you put those guys in that position, especially when you have guys like Josh Green who- Yeah, Josh. at least Josh Green should start over Omax. Yeah, you would think. I, I definitely should. I mean, definitely should. And then they have other bigs that you could start there where you don't have to start a a guy that almost everybody believes is like a pretty raw prospect and is going to take some time. But it feels like there's just something weird about it. There's just something really weird about it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It is a red flag for sure. Uh, who's the best point guard? Shea got the third most votes. He got 7% of the votes. Steph Curry got 63% of the votes. And who's the best shooting guard? Shea also received votes, 7% as well for well, that one. Him up. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Um, let's see. No votes on best small forward, power forward, or center. Uh, Jokic got 93% of the votes for best center. Uh, pretty <laughs> interesting there. Um, let's see. Uh, best off-season moves overall. The Thunder did receive a vote for that, which I think is pretty fascinating. Um, you know, they made some good moves, but I'm not sure that I would vote them as like best overall off-season, you know. Um that's that's kind of interesting. Um, let's see. There's a lot of like player acquisition questions here. Uh, and here here's the one, guys. Which team will be the most improved in 23-24? The Oklahoma City Thunder, the number one team. 30% and who's of number the votes. Two? The Houston Rockets. Which Houston better improve. <laughs> they, like they just they just have to improve from where they were last year. Um 
But yeah, for the Thunder to be the most improved, I mean, they already made a jump. And then if they made another another jump, I mean, it would feel it would feel so similar to 2010, you know, if they were able to make that next leap, if they could actually get into the playoffs. Like yeah, that. that that would actually be very hard for them to be most improved if if you're just going purely by yeah. wins. Yeah, because because even getting to 50 wins is a 10 game improvement. Houston is, I mean, if they're decent, they're going to be able to win more than 10 games than they won last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, who will win Rookie of the Year? Uh, Victor Wembanyama got half the votes. Scoot Henderson, 27%. Chet with 20% of the votes. Um, no votes for Mitzich or Kaysom Wallace. Uh, which rookie will be the best player in five years? Victor Wembanyama got 90% of the votes there. And then with Scoot, Chet, Amon Thompson, all getting votes. Uh, five years ago, <laughs> the, uh, the what? How it? How is that possible? What? Five years ago, DeAndre Ayton and Jaron Jackson Jr. How is it not Luca? Yeah, I mean, people were not. I mean, remember Luca wasn't even picked. I know, I mean, but like, like Jaron Jackson Jr. though. I mean, Dude. I feel like he was like a smart guy draft pick. Yeah, yeah. This is the smart GMs back then. Wow, look how smart they are. Okay, idiots. Uh, okay, uh, which rookie was the biggest steal? Uh, Cam Whitmore he was selected twentieth, forty-three percent of the vote. Keontae George at sixteenth, ten percent. No Thunder players are believed to be steals. And Monty Bates got a vote. That's cool. Uh, Sar Thompson at five got a vote. Wow. That's really interesting. Uh, Jalen Dern and Tari Eason last year were the, were the two biggest steals. Um, but that looks pretty good, I think. Um, best international player. Uh, no votes for Shea there. Uh, Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Embiid. Um, who's the best international player not in the NBA? Miritich is at the top of this one. That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, who's the best player? I think uh, Victor Wembanyama won that one last year, but I'm pretty sure Mitsch was also on that list last season um, for best international player not in the NBA. Um, let's see. Dort got a vote for who's the best defensive player in the NBA. Uh, the winner was Giannis, then Drew Holiday, then Draymond, Marcus Smart, Triple J. Uh, let's see. Who's the best perimeter defender? Lou Dort got votes, but Drew Holiday was the one. Uh, feel free to stop me at any time if any of this is very interesting to you or not, or if I could just continue to read this list to the listeners. Uh, so I mean, you don't have uh, to read it. <laughs> Coach Degnall got a bunch of individual votes. Yeah. Uh, in the coaching for like best manager, motivator of people, best in game yeah. adjustments, best defensive schemes. Um, he was in all that. I think for Thunder fans, the if you scroll down, like the most interesting outcome was which team has the pr- most promising young core. Yeah. OKC was number one which I don't think is that surprising, but they got 73% of the vote. By a landslide, which I think which, is good. Which It's appropriate. It, it's good, but that's 
that's shocking to me that it was that high. Yeah. Like I, I would have thought Orlando would have more than 7% of the vote. Um, you know, the Cavs still have 10% of the vote, but 73% thats a huge gap. I, I don't ga- feel like that is the impression I get when people talk about best young cores on Twitter. Yeah. Like, it feels much more split when that is brought um, up among fans. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's I I think that's true that it does definitely feel a little bit more split, but I think that it's warranted. I mean, they have Shea who made All NBA. You have the number two pick in Chet, who I mean, last night like we just we just spent like thirty five minutes talking about him, and then you look at everybody else that they have on the team now. I mean, they just added a top ten pick that we don't even talk about all that much. You know, they they have a ridiculous young core. I mean, this they this has the chance to be like one of the deepest young cores ever. You know, maybe they don't have like the star power of the Westbrook, Durant, Harden teams, but they have the chance to be like way deeper than those teams were with like very good talent. Um, I agree. Like Cleveland is second. Um, I guess that would just be Mobley and Garland. Are like those the ones like the young guys? That you consider there, Okoro, uh, Okoro, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's mostly a Mobley pick, yeah, and, and Garland to some extent, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's very, very fascinating. Um, yeah, that that to me is is like is the big one for sure. Um, um, but yeah, the other thing that was funny. So uh, ESPN is doing their you know top one hundred players. Yeah, and they released a hundred through fifty-one today, and um, it, it just always interests me how other people rank the other Thunder young players, like outside of yeah. Shea. Obviously, you always know Shea is probably going to be top fifteen, regardless of the list. It's just a question of like how high is someone going to put him. But they had Giddy as the the top of those yeah. of those three guys at fifty-three, and then you have to go all the way down to like seventy-two or seventy-three for Chet. And then J Dub was ninety five, and yeah, I, I mean, and they're making it for this year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the kind of premise. Like, I might have that flipped, I, or I at least say that like I think you could justify putting that in the flipped order. Yeah, um, like having J Dub at fifty three. I I don't know that that just. I'm interested why Giddy of those three was seen as like the best of that of the non-shea group yeah maybe it's just like looking at stats i mean 16 8 and 6 is pretty insane for a second year player yeah you know and he was their second best player almost the entire season last year and so i think now what do you think about uh what do you think about walker kessler uh ranked ahead of chet does that get you miffed and peeved yeah i mean it's just dumb (laughs) Like it's just the other, the other thing, which you're going to have to uh, face tomorrow when they release the next group, is uh, Jared Allen has not been on the list yet, which means Andrew John Hollinger was right. You think uh, he's going to be higher than 50? He's not going to be out of the top 100. So yeah, he'll he be in the top 50. Forgotten. Maybe they forgot about him. Maybe they forgot about him, but I, I bet he's in the top 50. I bet he's in this next group. That seems a little rich for me. I like Jared Allen. He's a good player. But when you consider like position of need, 
the skill set overall. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I, I mean, I, I I was I was going back and forth with someone on Twitter, <clears throat> not saying I agree with it, but if you value proven on court success, yeah. I understand why you would take Jarrett Allen because yeah. his teams have been positives while mm-hmm. he's been on the court basically every year of his career. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a very good starting center. And if you're just trying to win regular season games this year, I can see the case for it. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about literally any th- other scenario where you're <laughs> <laughs> going going to have that player for longer than just this year, that's when I think like you have to you, you would have to take someone like Chet or or J Dub like oh and it would mean, probably be Chet. I mean, definitely, or J Dub to or J Dub, like, yeah, or or Giddy even or Giddy. I mean, I'd take all three of them. I mean, I just would. I, I mean, and it's no shade at Jared Allen. It's just that I just, I don't know. I just don't think that what he does is like so incredibly special. Whereas with those three and and the two that played last year, like they were really good last season. You know, I mean, the, the Cavs would, without a doubt, trade Jared Allen for either one of those guys today if it was offered. Like there's just they, no they question. would, but that that but if you're asking like who's gonna win more games, the Cavs with Jared Allen or the Cavs with Josh Giddy, I think the Cavs with Jared Allen are going to win more regular season games. I don't know, it could it could unlock a lot of things for them to have a guy like Giddy on the wing. They just have no wings. Uh yeah. I don't know. I think I Josh know. is a winner. I just think he's a winner. I think he will be a winner. But like I mean, the team was worse; was not good with him on the court last year. And 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 I know that, and and I'm not saying that as like I don't believe in Josh Giddy, but like he still has to prove it. Like Jared Allen's already proved it. Like his teams have been yeah. good when he's on the court every single year. Yeah. Like w- like we're projecting for a lot of these guys. Sure. And they've been incredible so far for their current age. But in terms of winning basketball games, and and, mm-hmm. and then especially like in the playoffs, like that that stuff still has to come. Like you still have to actually do it. Yeah, I mean they they do have to actually do it, and a lot of it is like they have this collective youngness to them, where it's like yeah they weren't great with Josh Giddy on the court last year, but it's like is that all on Josh or is it like no this like collective like age thing that they have going on that's why that's why i think like if you put giddy on the Cavs today where he's surrounded by like year three evan mobley and donovan mitchell and like all these weapons i just wonder yeah but at the same time like their defense is falling off a cliff if you're replacing jared allen with josh giddy and you now have garland giddy and donovan mitchell yeah i mean that, that could be the case I don't know if it falls. I, I don't know. I, would, I just like be a little worse. I unlike a lot of Thunder fans, I it's not that I agree with uh when, when people rank our players lower, but I appreciate it because I don't want to get in a position where I've like already anointed all these players as sure. as like this is definitely gonna happen, everything's gonna work out. I like kind of like asking them to actually do it. Like what Shea yeah. did last year was actually doing it. He showed oh. everyone. Oh, he is yeah. like a top 10 player in the NBA. 
There's yeah. no doubt about it. You cannot deny it any longer. For all these other guys, they've had extended uh, sequences during the season where they've been incredible. But like yeah. they still have a lot to prove this season. Yeah. And it's I think true. as as fans, we're naturally going to assume the best for all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still have to do it. Yeah. Like if they come out this season and win 40 games again, that'll be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And there will be reasons why they only won 40 games. And so right now I'm kind of baking in that every single guy on this team is going to get better, which is just not going to be the case. Some of these guys mm-hmm. are, are, are going to flame out or, or they're just going to have mediocre seasons. I, I always remember uh, Jason Tatum's second season in the league, which was like widely seen as like this kind of sophomore slump. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you look at the stats, it was like, oh, he kind of like basically did the same thing. Um, but, but, but it's like not abnormal for players to take a step back or just to not progress for a year. You know, it mm-hmm. feels like this team is ready to make noise. But but in terms yeah. of actual noise, we, we may still be a year away. The, the thing that, that makes you believe, though, is Shea. Like, mm-hmm. you already – like, Shea's already done it. He's proven it. And so it's very easy to get excited about this team because Shea's there. Like, you have this anchor point of we already have a top 10 player. Like, that's locked in. We don't have to ask questions about that anymore. So mm-hmm. now it's just about who else is going to fill in those other gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still super optimistic about this team, but I appreciate people outside of OKC downplaying us whenever they can because <laughs> it, <laughs> it just it, it kind of keeps me in check. And that's why yeah. when I saw 73% voted them the best core, I was like, oh, I wish it was a little lower. I wish you guys yeah, were come that on. excited. <laughs> Make it 53. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I just need a different touch point than Jared Allen. Like that's well, all. I, that's that's like that's what I need. Like I need to. But, I need the but, comparison but, to to stop being Jared Allen. That's all. This is the difference between like uh, tanking draft brain and what actually wins in the NBA brain. Like there are a lot of players like Jared Allen, and not necessarily Jared Allen, but who are better than any other player other than Shea on the Thunder. But we weren't. We would never like want. Like we would never trade for. Even though those guys have proven it much more. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. that's well, unique to Jarrett Allen. I agree. It, I just think positionally, you can get a lot of guys like Jarrett Allen on the trade market right now. There's a lot of guys that are available on the trade market that do similar things to Jarrett Allen that you could have for very very little. Like their their value around the league is not very high. That's like. That's part of my point. It's like, just give me a different touch point than Jared Allen. That's all. Like that, uh, that archetype find, of player. Let me, let me find a different touch point for you, Andrew. You know what I mean? The teams. Like that's the that's teams like my right that, that's where like I just don't understand like the the arbitrary selection of Cleveland and like tying the Thunder to like randomly tying the Thunder to Cleveland in a way that just makes no logical sense. That's what that's the thing about it that I'm just like, why like why are we doing that? Like why is that a comparison uh, well, point for anybody? It's, it's, you know why? I, I I agreed with you until this GM survey came out, and I realized that they were ranked as the number one core last year, and are the second young best young core this year. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's where it came from. I mean, I've never thought of. Uh, I have like zero ounce of competition in my blood between OKC and Cleveland. Yeah, it's very weird. But apparently they're seen as a young core. And so I guess in that sense, that would be a a comparison. I mean, you're not going to compare them to like 
Orlando because we're kind of in the exact same spot. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But whatever. Yeah. I, I think I think it's good to have this kind of uh, not even negative feedback, but just like uh, tampering down expectations. I, th- I think that's good. I think that's good. I, I, I don't. I don't want to get too hyped. I don't want every single person in the league thinking this is going to be the most improved team this year. <laughs> That's just setting up for a massive disappointment. This team has uh, to go and prove it. They got to go prove it. Last night, however, was so much fun. It was. Very it was. Fun. It was so much fun. It, it, it was about. I mean, other than the defense, it was about as much as you could have asked for. Oh. You know, in terms of first game with Chet. Yeah. First first game with a lot of guys. Um, yeah, no question. That, that that was a resounding success. Now, what's yeah. what's their next game? They play Detroit next. Yeah, they play Detroit in Montreal. Oh yeah, in Montreal. So, Dort and then we play, play in front of his home crowd. And then we go. And then we go to Et Charlotte, Mister Beast. We get to Mr. play the Mister Beast Beasts. Chets. Yeah, what a mess of a team right now, Charlotte. I know, I know, but, but. Me and Andrew are doing a surprise team this week, and man, it is challenging. <laughs> and let me just say, we're going to be doing arguments for and against all these teams. Oh no! The don't do for, this. The argument for Charlotte is very easy to make, extremely easy to make. Yeah, I understand. The only why one it would of these be. teams who have actually won. <laughs> They're the only one of these teams who has had a core that has actually won the number of games that would be required to be the surprise team. Does that count as a surprise team? Or maybe they're... Or are they the yo-yo team? uh, I mean, maybe, but for the purposes of this, you just have to have a over-under below 36.5. I mean, that's the thing with them is that they're over-under so low. I know. But... It's very interesting. I mean, we'll talk about this on Saturday Slam Jam, but there's only seven options this year. There were 10 last year. Yeah. Over-unders in general are higher this season. Yeah. So there aren't as many teams to choose from, which I do feel like makes it a lot harder. You start talk- you start easily talking yourself into teams that you don't want to talk yourself into just because there's not <laughs> a lot of other options to go with. That's, how, that's the way it is every year with the surprise team, though. I know. It's and like, then last you- year you get like four surprise teams, and you're like, oh, I could have just – thrown a dart and probably gotten it right i know i know we were you know and we we've done a good job in the past you talk about tampering down expectations we've done a very good job of that in the past with this thunder team oh i feel like every year this is the first year where maybe like our expectations and the you know sunniest view from a thunder fan have finally like caught up to each other yeah they're at least like overlapping a little bit like they're not aligned with mine are not aligned with like the like the best projections for this team but yeah you know at least there's some more overlap than there was last year where last year i think i had zero overlap with anybody <laughs> about this team and i was and i was way off on that projection and i'm always okay with being way off on a projection like that you know, you don't necessarily want it to be the other way. We're like, yeah, they're going to win 55 games this year, you know, and then you're disappointed when they win 45. Well, hey, uh, the John Hollinger Bowl, second game of the season at Cleveland. Yeah. Hey, pre- get to be real mad when they play Jared Allen and the Cavs. <laughs> I'll be interested to see the 
defensive matchups with that. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't really make sense to it's look at what they did last year. You probably but, put dub, dub on Mobley. I guess so, yeah. I mean, J-Dub's, J-Dub's strong. He's super strong. He's probably he's probably got bigger arms than Mobley. Yeah, their opening their opening schedule is doable. But yeah. it's, it's certainly not easy. I mean, that's the thing with this this NBA is like there's not really any easy schedule. Yet. Yes. Well, I mean, in terms of easy games. Gosh, I'm yeah. so ready for some of these teams to suck, Andrew. And I hope it's not the one I root for, but some of these teams aren't going to be good. Yeah, that's the thing about the beginning of the season. Some teams just don't know they're bad yet. Uh, and and, take, and I'm, finding it harder, I'm finding it harder this year than ever before. There's just so much propaganda on Twitter, and some of it is convincing. <laughs> And are you so talking I don't about the Rockets or who are you talking about? Pistons? Uh, no. I, I I watched the Pistons first preseason game. Yeah. Dude, Bogdanovich, who who did not play in that game, he is so important to them because yeah, he if is. he's not in there, good lord, they do not have any shooting. Just none. It's a problem. It is a legit problem. Like thinking of Isaiah Stewart as a shooter, he's not. He may shoot threes, and he may make 35% of them, but he is, he is not helping their spacing. I was going to say, no one's going to guard him. Yeah, there just ain't no way. And then and then they're bringing, like, you know, Killian and James Wiseman off the bench. It's like just more non-shooters. There's so many non-shooters on that yeah. Pistons roster. It is, yeah. it is the ultimate old-school Thunder roster because it's just, like, guys who, you know, were drafted really high, have a lot of natural talent, especially athletic ability, Mm-hmm. And then just like, either cannot shoot at all or have very yeah. questionable shots. Yeah. No. No. I'm down on on Detroit. I'm still I'm still down on Detroit. Yeah. There. There's a. There are. There's a growing number of people that believe that Troy is just doing a really bad job. It. It's crazy to say this, but I actually do think Houston at this point is doing a better job than the Pistons now. Because yeah, that's really sad. Their roster makes more sense to me with the additions they made yeah. than anything the Pistons. The Pistons feel like what it should have felt like last year. Like if, mm-hmm. It just feels like they still have so much to figure out. And they have a ton of young assets, a ton of young players who I'm, I like. It's not even like I dislike any of these guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I, f- I think they are so far away. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Also, what makes them further away is that there's so many good teams, and like yeah, it's you're you're further away than you have been ever if you're not good. Um, so you, you just have to you have to do something drastic like the Rockets did to like pull yourself up to even like sniff mediocrity at this point. Yeah, you know, it is wild because if they hadn't made those moves, and who knows if those moves will even work out, but yeah, if they hadn't made those moves, like they would be. A gutter team again, like, yeah. tw- like we, we'd be talking about like twenty twenty two wins again, yeah, mm-hmm. and just kind of hoping that their guys break out. At least now mm-hmm. it feels like you have some kind of floor because you have some real NBA players that you can trust a little bit. Yeah, but I still don't know how where where I'm going to put Houston. Yeah, I don't. I still don't think they're going to be very good. Um, okay, 
uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Be sure, again, to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are, we've gained some subscribers during this, um, during this broadcast. We need 108 subscribers to mm. the YouTube channel. So we're getting closer and closer. So let's try to, let's try to get there before Friday, before the Friday pod, uh, so that we can talk about the, uh, the little, uh, how Oklahoma are you quiz from Shay Gilgis Alexander. Um, be sure to, Get your tickets for Down to Dunk Night. We are going to meet downtown at Spark beforehand and get some food and then walk over to the game. So we'll meet there around 5 o'clock and then walk over to the game. After that, the game does start at 6.30, so I'd like for everyone to be able to be at the game by 6 so you can feel like you're in your seat with with enough time. Um, uh, Alex is going to be there. Special guest. I'll be there. Al, Al Baby Cakes at... Oh, baby at down to dunk night it's going to be great um and then f- for our watch party on october 25th uh the first game of the season you don't want to miss it um it's going to be so much fun at bar k be sure to get your dtd vip uh ticket and you get your shirt and you get to come hang out with us at bar k uh talk about the game talk about the players Talk about cereal. Talk about whatever you want um, with us on October 25th. I hope you guys are having a great day. We will talk to you guys again on Friday.